Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. And he goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy, fantasy fix. Let's say hello to a great friend of the program, Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com. Mike, I know you're a crooner, so if you want to sing Fly, Eagle, Fly, as I ask you about that high-octane Philadelphia offense, we know Nelson Aguilar was a bust, candidly, in recent years. Based on the fact that Philadelphia used a first-round pick on him, what's his fantasy value moving forward now with Carson Wentz? suddenly becomes a back-end number two wide receiver, and even better in some circumstances, depending on matchups. But working out of the slot, Alshon Jeffrey, not the overwhelming targets and totals that you might expect of a number one, but certainly doing enough to let the other guys feast. And for Aguilar, that's, what, three straight games with a touchdown, five Five on the year thus far. Not huge in terms of yardage, but if you're going to find uh, – that opening to daylight, as he's done each and every week, it's a beautiful thing for fantasy owners and Carson Wentz getting better by the week. Without Carson Palmer, is Larry Fitzgerald or anyone on the Cardinals' offense worth owning? Well, we'll still own Fitzgerald, but he gets demoted from his back-end number one wide receiver role down to a three. Uh, and Adrian Peterson's going to find life a lot harder without Carson Palmer there. Uh, looking at more stack boxes, I think the number was 47 or 48 percent of what he saw this past week. Uh, and even though he might get all excited and his eyes may get wide because if he can get past that first line, he's got a lot of running room. Well, those are few and far between, I think, going forward. So uh, looking at more a back end second running back or flex play for him going forward as well, uh, unless they can prove that there's something more. Uh, behind Drew Stanton in that offense. But I think we all can expect that everybody takes a decided step back. Michael, you revel in minutia on a big word Tuesday. You know that T.Y. Hilton's given first name is Eugene. You know he's candid. He called out that offensive line and then apologized. Are you riding with him moving forward, understanding that the Colts have become a debacle? I think that's the the kindest word anybody said on them today. Uh, Debacle. Uh, As we look at T.Y. Hilton over the course of the year, two monster games, and then a lot of disappearing acts. One touchdown thus far. No better than a third wide receiver on your fantasy squad at this point, ranked 30th or lower, I think, each and every week, regardless of matchup, because there's just no guarantee that Jacoby Brissett's going to be upright long enough to try to deliver him the ball or that he'll be able to get free and open, you know, win the box and one coverage uh, when it when it happens. So he, he's a guy that certainly uh, fantasy owners that drafted him highly expecting Andrew Luck to be there and ready and uh, let's, let's call it what it is. They can dance around all we want. Uh, I don't know that we see Andrew Luck at all uh, this year at this point. So uh, for T.Y. Hilton, he'll end up on our big list of busts when we're talking about things in week 16 and 17. The Green Bay Packers, you know this team only operates, especially on the offensive side of the football, when you have Aaron Rodgers in the mix. But do you sit Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and others considering it's Brett Huntley at the QB position? Yeah, Adams is still a start as a as a back end number two, uh, enough in the red zone for him. Nelson sitting around those same areas, but Randall Cobb's target count uh, has disappeared, and and I know it's it's a painful 
click that has to happen. But as you go to the waiver wire this week, he might be a guy that you put out in the drop category. Just waiting, wishing, wanting, and hoping for past glory to reappear is not there. We've got to be real about the expectations for this team going forward. You've got Jones becomes your leader in the backfield with Ty Montgomery taking a few carries here and there. Uh, and then it's Devontae Adams. Beyond that, Martellus Bennett is a blocker, no longer a fantasy viable tight end. Uh, and we move forward uh, off of what were great expectations. Great expectations, Mike. Well, you know, I, you got to pay by the word, buddy. No, I thought you were going to go a little bit. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know, we're going to go deep into Well, we the... could do that if you want. Okay. I mean, I, I could do a dramatic reading. That'd be nice. We'll... Up as a character, you know, from a stage play. <laughs> we'll save that for your one-man show coming up in Hollywood. He is the man we call Hollywood, Michael Harmon, fantasy analysis, SwollenDome.com. All right, Mike, this is tricky, so stay with me. If we have a casual fantasy owner listening going, I got Drew Brees, at home I got to play him, right? That seems like that would work, but what about your opportunistic Bear defense? Are you going to factor in the playmaking ability of what the Bears are doing on defense into any matchup now that Chicago is involved with? Yeah, you look at that's uh, six times this year that a quarterback has finished fantasy number 18 or worse against them. And, you know, for those that didn't watch the game, Carolina moved the ball brilliantly all day long. But you know what it ended up in? Nothing. Three points. Uh, Just a a miserable uh, series of decisions, some bad luck along the way for Cam Newton. Uh, But we've seen it time and again. Front seven gets after it. Secondary really growing. Kyle Fuller, I think, eyeballing uh, his next contract uh, has suddenly become the playmaker they anticipated him being when they drafted him a couple of years ago. So, uh, for Drew Brees, we'll, we'll knock him down a few pegs. He'll be at the back end of the ones, not usually uh, where he resides, but certainly tempering our expectations, uh, but always a starter. Can't, can't push him too far uh, with the inconsistency we're seeing at the position elsewhere. When you look at Oakland and Atlanta, you, you wonder why both these teams uh, have truly struggled on the offensive side, but I, I tell you, with Amari Cooper and Julio Jones finally getting touchdowns, which guy would you rather own moving forward? Uh, it's a uh... The, the, the billion-dollar question, because we watched Amari Cooper suddenly have one of those monster games that we've been waiting on all year, more than what doubled his total of receiving yards with that output against the, the Chiefs in that crazy Thursday night game. Uh, I think overall consistency, we're still looking at Julio Jones uh, thus far. And, and when we're looking at red zone targets, you know, it's Michael Crabtree that, he's, that Cooper has to contend with in Oakland versus in Atlanta, you're still seeing some things, you know, kind of kind of spread out. But Julio Jones being their number one, you know, time and time again. So I think I'll still take Julio Jones, but I'll be curious to see if the revival of Amari Cooper is there, particularly as they'll play a game without Marshawn Lynch. They don't really have a robust running game, even when he is in there right now. So more on Derek Carr's arm. Today's Fantasy Fix being provided by Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com. Mike, let's marry fantasy and reality. We just had a long analysis of the Martavis-Bryant situation in Pittsburgh. Let's jump over to Juju Smith-Schuster, rookie out of USC. I know he's been dealing with the head injury, but if you're just looking at targets, is he officially now the number two option in addition to Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that would be it. You know, and that's been the the one question that goes forward with this team is consistency in finding that 
you know, tertiary option behind Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I mean, when you look at targets and receptions, it's a decided drop-off to everybody else. And, and with Smith-Schuster, he's at least you've seen the number of routes run rising on a weekly basis, and though he's not going to pile up a ton of targets, uh, it would seem that he's eclipsed Bryant. Uh, you know, anytime Mike Tomlin has to address a guy uh, in, in press conferences for, for things other than a play on the field, that usually doesn't result uh, in good, re- good things for them going forward in terms of their playing uh, playing time, unless it, you know the can't bench kind of players. So uh, Smith Schuster on the the fringes of fantasy relevance. I know we got the touchdown this past week. Um, he's got three on the year, but uh, no better than a fourth wide receiver, except for a, an occasional matchup play at this point. When it comes to the Cowboys, after a slow start to Dak Prescott, Jason Witten, and Dez Bryant uh, starting to show some high end fantasy value. Yeah, well, when we look at Dez, he's the one question that we have. Right, Dak's always going to be a, a fantasy starter uh, in terms of those top twelve, unless you're, you know, having those in one-off where you drafted quarterbacks highly, both your starter and your backup. Uh, Jason Witten. Yeah, he's seen the painted grass more than we normally uh, normally do. I've always wondered if there was an allergy uh, going on there, but he, at least seeing him in the mix in red zone. And for Des Bryant, it's it's been uh, a nice little bounce back because early on in the year, while you're scoring touchdowns, not really seeing the high target count and, and regular effort, you know, more spread out when you had Bryce Butler and Cole Beasley and others starting to get into the target count. So the fact that we've seen a total of 17 receptions over the last three weeks gets him back as a lockstep number one uh, and I think fantasy owners breathing a sigh of relief because they were wondering if he was starting to head into the abyss of the can I start and the more hand-wringing and walk long you know lonely walks you have to take on the beach when setting a fantasy lineup the worse your life is. Michael, when was the last time you took a long lonely walk on a beach here in Southern California? I, I did earlier this morning. You know, I, I was was out pondering how hot it was going to be for the first game of the World Series, pondering, you know, when the Bears win games like they did, is that good for football or bad? You know, I mean, there's just a lot of things that start to pile up on you, uh, especially when you're getting texts, you know, back from your friends in Chicago going, so uh, Mitchell Trubisky, what am, I, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm like, Take the win and move on. Uh, but certainly, you know, along the way, you, you've got to answer a lot of questions. Four completions, Michael. That is a winning formula for your beloved Chicago Bears. As we say goodbye, I know you're a movie buff. Take it back to Wall Street. Hal Holbrook with the prescient observation. Man looks into the abyss, Michael, and he sees nothing. And then he's got a decision to make. Nicely done. Greed is good, Mike. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Be good, brother. A Hal Holbrook reference. I said, I'm spiking the ball you in You saw how quiet right they got, huh? <laughs> goodbye, Mike. For the win. See you, boys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.